this podcast is for educational or entertainment purposes only. This podcast is not to be a substitute for seeking mental health therapy, mental health treatment if necessary. If you or your loved one is in need of mental health services, please call 911. Please contact your mobile crisis. For those outside of the U.S., please contact your emergency services or go to your nearest hospital. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Hello, social workers, mental health professionals, and change agents. Welcome to another episode of Season 6 of the Social Work Ranch Podcast. I'm your host, Bash Moreno. Saludos a todos. Greetings, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, tapping in wherever you are watching or listening to this podcast. Really appreciate all the love and support. Gracias a todos por su apoyo. Continue to follow the podcast along. On all social media outlets, uh, on Instagram at the Social Work Rants Podcast, uh, Twitter at uh, Social Work Rants, and you hit the like button on Facebook, aka Meta, type in the Social Work Rants Podcast, hit the like button. Of course, YouTube, hit that red uh, subscribe button. And again, uh, all video, audio, obviously, on all, you can listen to the podcast on all audio platforms. And uh, so thanks again for. Uh, to, and leave a review, uh, especially you know, on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Uh, definitely those, those star ratings, those, those help out. So uh, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bass City Entertainment, your home for online holistic self-care featuring Zumba and uh, poetry featuring my book. If you're watching our video, my book is in the background, Trying Through Pain, How to Maximize Your Full Potential During Hard Times is available on paperback and on Kindle in 2023 will be a audiobook as well. Uh, no, no date still uh, to be determined. So uh, things are mo- moving along. Um, you, for all my viewers and listeners, you will be hearing uh, Dallas uh, a lot in these first few episodes of season six. Uh, coming up March 4th, if you're in the Dallas area, Come through, listen to uh, me, come watch me and my fellow uh, co-authors of Latinx and Social Work Volume 2. We are hosting a one-day summit. Uh, more details uh, to be determined in, in the next couple of weeks. So uh, definitely we getting the, the word out. It's been out like uh, it's been out on social media. It's been it's been out on, on Instagram, is on LinkedIn. So uh, the summit is happening Mar- March 4th, in honor of Social Work Month, in March Madness. So it is happening. We, I'm looking forward to that event. And speaking of Dallas, we got a, uh, a talented uh, licensed clinical social worker out in that area, uh, Diana Beltran. Uh, how you doing? Hello. Hello. Hi, everybody. Saludos también a todos. Yes, my name is Diana Beltran. I'm a licensed clinical social worker from from Arkansas and Texas. I have my license in both states. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I am originally from, I was born in Chicago. I moved to Arkansas and now I'm here in Texas. Wow. How how, how was that transition? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, my dad, he was a supervisor for a company called Deluxe Media. So when we when I was born, we lived there for about like four years. And then we moved to Arkansas and I grew up in a suburb called Maumelle. And then that's where I pr pretty much lived my whole life. Um, I did four years at the University of Arkansas, go Hogs. Um, that's where I went to school for my bachelor's. And then I got my master's at UALR and social work. So I lived there, grew up there, and then made my way further down to the border, <laughs> getting closer. Uh, is that a University of Arkansas Little Rock? Yeah, ULR is University of Arkansas Little Rock. That's right. <laughs> I'm still learning that all these different uh, social work grad schools is like I never heard of. Them. I saw <laughs> meet people like I was like, wow, there's a, a social work school. <laughs> yeah, well, so it's it interesting. I'm trying to get more into like trying to get connected with different uh, you know, grad schools and especially talking about both regarding both books and. Uh, things I'm trying to work on so uh so interesting um so before we get we get uh started I did want to ask get your your perspective on uh, you, know, you, you know you work in in Texas and you know in Arkansas like what uh, especially Arkansas too because they yeah. they did something kind of out of to use uh, straight perspective, kind of out of out of the box thinking, and hiring um, uh, Sanders, who used to be the the press secretary, <laughs> ain't she the governor now? Yeah, she's the governor. I've been <laughs> with the news, and I was kind of like, Arkansas, what are y'all doing? We had a, literally a rocket scientist, like legit. He had like I don't know what what kind of credentials he had, like something in the nuclear field, a rocket scientist, and I was just kind of like this is the obvious choice, but no, everybody voted for Sanders. And, and of course it was quite a disappointment. <laughs> so, Not so, a surprise. <laughs> so, so, so my, for all my viewers and listeners who are not in America, uh, uh, uh Saunders, uh, Sarah Huckabee, uh, uh, she was the press secretary under, uh, Agent Orange, uh, before she resigned and, no, nobody could. Nobody couldn't stand her, and just the press, just the uh, press conferences <laughs> with what the media was like, just a an event, kind of like every day was <laughs> was something with where her and right. and uh, so she until so she resigned. I think she was like the first big head like to to resign. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that like the wheels like completely came off after that. Um, or she was like the second one, like second big one. To, well, it doesn't matter. It was like everybody eventually resigns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. So, so it was like, well, like, what what happened? Why did she have voted in? I don't. I, I don't know. I think it's just because she's associated with Trump. Who knows? But yeah, it was quite a disappointment. I. Arkansas already lacks so much and they're so far behind in like education and mental health and all these things. And I'm just kind of like, great, just more setbacks. But I mean, Texas is not any better. So yes, I was leading right into that, <laughs> which, uh, which Governor Abbott being uh, reelected. And, and uh, I, I thought uh, Beto had a real shot. Um, I think he had a better shot 
being the governor then he when he ran for senate and he he lost too so it's like what like what happened <laughs> i know i was i was very excited for beto i just really wanted him to win i voted for him in this election i was I was like thinking like, man, I think this is going to be the year we're going to, you know, we're going to have a Democratic governor. And, I, and I'm over here pretending that I lived in Texas for forever. I've only lived in Texas two years and going to be three years in in May. But um, but yeah, I was not impressed with Abbott. So after after Uvalde, that really went even mm -hmm. more. So I was just kind of like, no, I'm going to try and vote Democrat as much as I can, obviously with research, but. <laughs> right, of course, because uh, my, my home state, New York, has proven that uh, if you vote Democratic, <laughs> still be, uh, <laughs> you still can't, can't get what you, what you need. Thing, what you need, <laughs> exactly. So it was like. Yes. So, yeah, no, I just wanted to start off, get your perspective on that and. We could tie into to social work, mental health is to, you know, kind of like things like kind of like what happened, what can, what can like we see like in the in the near future and so I mean Republicans has always been like a history of just cutting stuff and and as of this recording they're talking about just you know social security and all this other like. And like cutting cutting the IRS off like for the like, the tax. So I don't know how that's that's gonna work. And like it, it, I'm like thinking that if I'm so we're not doing taxes no more. So can we get more see see more on our check every couple of weeks if that that's gonna be the case? So I don't I don't know. It's it's, it's just a lot of ridiculousness. It's like too kind of too much and but it's like you kinda have, have to like you know, be informed of what what is what exactly is happening, um, especially with these next you know two years, while Republicans in the U.S. have a you know have a majority in in the House and they get to make you know the decisions. And hopefully, there'll be some uh, bipartisan support in terms of um, you know what the country actually needs and actually do <laughs> do what the people actually need and not just. Yeah not like emails still fighting over emails and some other <laughs> classified stuff and it's like that doesn't help but doesn't help us that that we're trying to help the people so it's like right kind of like who cares <laughs> yeah. you know i was really excited whenever i found out that the lpcs are now able to build medicaid and and all of that because like I remembered whenever I started out in Arkansas as an LMSW, you know, I we quickly got on insurance panels for Medicare, Medicaid so that we could accept it for for the kiddos. And then I found out like further, I think here in Texas is where I found out that LPCs can't build Medicaid. And I was like, that's weird. Like, why not? Like, we're all mental health professionals. And then I think recently, I think they're going to pass that now, right? It's like in Congress, it's waiting to be signed. So now LPCs can take, accept Medicaid. And I was like, well, it's about time. Everybody needs to be on the same level. We need to help and be able to have, you know, access to mental health. And sometimes there are people with just not enough resources to be able to have that access. No, yeah, of course. There's, there's always the uh, debate of not enough resources and 
money being wasted and to, to other things that like we could have a whole other <laughs> conversations like why why is the you know, money going to to all this money going to Ukraine? Why is why all this money is going to Israel? Why is all all this uh, money going to, to uh, you know the defense where we already like got the biggest army and navy and all this stuff <laughs> in the world? And it's like they getting more money and it's like money money that could have been used some of it student loans could be could have been completely wiped out real, real oh quick right? <laughs> it's like, even get me started i'm over <laughs> here like just checking my emails and like come on is it going to be like am i going to get 20k or 10k wiped out like let's go but i know that in february they're supposed to go to the supreme court and figure out like if it's going to be if it if they're gonna allow it or not, which I just don't understand if they're able to bail out these businesses during the pandemic, like why mm -hmm. not bail out these students that we are here to like exactly. serve everybody else, like their mental health. <laughs> no, ser no, seriously, like, um, I mean, we, I, I mean, a lot of that. I mean, I've had conversations like a lot of that's do with us, uh, black and browns. Like, we get. 10 20k cut off and, and we can actually use that money to actually uh invest in businesses or we have our own uh, businesses in on top of our nine to five and like kind of really thrive and of course uh uh those in power don't want to see that happen so uh that that that's that's one major theory in, in, ter <laughs> in terms of that so um but yeah i would love to I mean, student was like, kind of like, all right, I did my paperwork and it was like, all right, I'll, I'll wait to, and then I was excited about the 10, 20 K and then like they, they sent the, on top adding salt to the, to the wound that they sent, <laughs> sent these false letters be like, it, it got approved. Like the, the, your, your 10, 20 K got approved. And they were like, oh, we send these letters by mistake. I was like, and then to find out the republicans are blocking it and it's like now it's like the supreme court will you know may, mainly or, or trump appointees so it's already like fighting a more of an uphill battle so who knows what they what they're gonna say so um a lot of people could, could use that that relief so um and it's not it's not just us, it's you know, people who went to school and it's like kinda you know, having to budget in order to just to pay pay student loans that people need need to buy food on the table and you know we got inflation going going on like crazy and it's like, eggs are eight dollars. <laughs> uh yeah, it's crazy. I, I was I was joking the other day, it's like I'm gonna have to like buy a bunch of like egg cartons and like kind of cut them up and sell them by like <laughs> how they used to do in the hood back in the day <laughs> so oh <it's> like, <laughs> I miss I, the day whenever I was in college and the my so I used to work for the U of A and like the counts not the counseling center the tutoring center and then I would just like go to the little the secretary and I was like do you have any eggs and she'd be like oh yeah my chicken ate, uh, laid so many just bring a carton I'll give you some and I was just kind of like Thank you so much. Like, 
here's a dollar or two dollars for the eggs and she's like you don't need to pay me and I'm like here's a dollar or two dollars because I'm <laughs> poor college kid like thank you for giving me fresh farmed eggs and now they're eight dollars and I'm just kind of like I need to go back and find me that lady back in a Fayetteville <laughs> <laughs> no seriously it's no everything's expensive and housing is expensive and, and we got you know, politicians who don't know the meaning of the word affordable housing. So it's like people are really stuck. And you know, we, you know, many of us are, are stuck to provide and do, we try to do good work. We are doing good work. And it's like, we're just kind of stuck. Cause like you mentioned before, this the, the resources are, are just not there uh, or they, if they are, they're you know, scattered around and got to go an hour, two hours, three hours, go to a different state, just like kind of like get what you need. And I'm glad telehealth has played a, a big part and you know, into that and allowing you know, social workers work, be licensed in different states and, and do telehealth stuff. So it's just a, a domino effect. And I, I know I'm going to use that that term a, a lot. This, you know, these first few episodes of just the whole domino effect and which leads to you know vote you know voting and how we started off the conversation is like people don't really understand uh, what the domino effect of, of voting for certain candidates and what that what that really looks like and right. you know neither to me we 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 had a, a space in this country where uh, neither Democrats or Republicans like like we need a whole new party like the whole constitution stuff is you no. Know, no, just everything is just doesn't it doesn't work in um uh, in twenty twenty three. So with everything going on, uh, it's just a lot going on, and it's kind of like kind of fit in this box where it's like it's like a kid putting like the a square in a, in a circle, and it's like it's not not gonna fit, and it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah, you know. Whenever I was old enough to vote and then I started out in social work, I always voted based on like, you know, what my clients needed and like, not just like, because I'm Latina and so like I'm Latina and then also like uh, the population I served in Arkansas, I worked for Centers for Youth and Families and we served like, you know, the lower income um, economically, you know, had no access to mental health. And then my best friend, Jessica uh, Viegas, uh, she and I were like the only clinicians that spoke Spanish in central Arkansas. And so like people were traveling all over just to, just to be able to meet with us and use their Medicare. And, and then, um, so every time I voted, I was just kind of like, I need to do it for the people that are in rural Arkansas and I need to vote for like, you know, the immigrants and I need to vote for, you know, um, our LGBT, you know, folks and this and that, and just like be, and just kind of voted based on the, what I needed for my clients and what my clients needed for me, because, you know, some clients that I was serving, you know, they can't vote. Mm-hmm. And so like, and they need me to be able to be an advocate for them and, and I felt like that was like my duty as a social worker, but also as like a human being in the world, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. But but then again, like we have um, you know, not you would think. Obviously, we have a lot of. I think there's more than what's being portrayed out of a lot of uh, you know Latinos who 
are Republican and there's a lot of uh, anti-Blackness within our, our, our culture that's been just generations of uh, stuff that's been, that's been happening that we're trying to like kind of break now uh, slowly and kind of like, you know, re-educating ourselves in terms of everything. But at the, at the same time, you know, we, you know, just say Florida, for example, we got you know, a lot of you know, Cubans and even Puerto Ricans who are, you know, love DeSantis and DeSantis <laughs> is just a... He's a uh, Trump point 2.5. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, there's a lot of you know, Latinos who, who love Abbott in your state. So it's like, yeah. um, which, which, and you know, I don't always like to take what, what I see on, on the news, which is why like, I have you know, people like you come on and be like, okay, what, tell me what the real deal is in terms of like, if what I'm what I'm seeing on on TV, that and and I'm not talking about just just CNN, and I'm talking about like you know regular CBS and Fox that like you know, they do or say something is like is that an actual like reflection of like what you're seeing day in day out? So yeah, you know it's it's kind of scary because so when I moved to to Texas, I started working for the family place after I was able to get my license and everything, and, and I started working for the family place. It's a domestic violence shelter, and they do awesome work there, working with a lot of you know DV survivors. And then when the idea started rolling around about you know the Roe versus Wade and having restricting abortion access like the fear in me just kind of was like oh my gosh like what if I have a client who is in a DV you know relationship and this is the way that her abuser is not going to control her that mm -hmm. like she is going to have to stay in this relationship or you know the other way around like flip-flopping it you know a, you know the woman is an abuser and it becomes pregnant and then keeps you know, the man just like in this cycle of violence the whole time. And so, right. and we even had, we even had a situation which I was just kind of like made me sick to my stomach, which whenever, um, whenever we were, you know, discussing like, you know, what was going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. But like, even an abuser was talking about like, just telling her, telling her, telling his wife to just wait. And then whenever it was like past the time that it passed, wherever, you know, you can like, go and sue your partner for 10k and all these like bounty hunters were about to just start popping out you know he was just waiting for her to be able to have you know say that she went to go get an abortion after it passed so that he can sue her for ten thousand. and yeah. i was just like oh my gosh like this is just creating like violence in, mm -hmm. in this perpetual cycle of dv and just in a different way and gosh like i just remember just being so fearful and i had to bring that up to my program director at the time and just discuss like hey what are the protocols like what are we going to be doing like because like what if i have a client that discusses that with me like am i going to be in trouble like if i give her resources like that's my job like i can't tell her she can and can't do with her body and her decisions so yeah. It was, a, it was quite a, not a confusing time. I think it was just like a twilight zone and everybody like trying to figure out what they're doing, what the protocols are. And we had to get um, HR to send us like, you know, hey, like these are the policies, like we're going to keep, you know, fighting for our clients. We're going to continue to advocate, like, you know, just keep doing your job, business as usual. And I was like, phew, like, thank mm -hmm. goodness, like, 
thank gosh, like, you know, we're protected. We are here to serve our clients. So that's just like one of the examples, how it affected me and, you know, working at a DV shelter at that time. So it's, it was, it was a crazy time. Still crazy time. <laughs> no, no, I, I can totally, totally understand that. And, um, and I know on the news, they were like talking to doctors and nurses and kind of, you know, they were, they were stuck of, of what to do uh, in terms of uh, you know, risking, you know, their licensure and all, all this stuff. So they try to protect and do the right thing and, and, and helping the patients out. But at the same time, it was like a, the law was going, going against them. So it was like a, a fascinating time that uh no no we are living in and unfortunate that that you know we living in and is you know, myself with a with a with a daughter luckily she's only 11 but still like just having you no know, eventually as a parent having those conversations and make a right decision luckily I'm, I'm in a for now in a state who knows if uh we flip red but the, i mean for now you know it's still you know, a Democratic state where, where I'm at and it's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of younger um, you know, Democrats in like the House of Representatives and stuff like that. So, and and people of color who, who are in those, those positions. So it's like, the future is bright in terms of Democrats you know, in in, in, yes. Delo in Delaware, where, where I'm at. So it's, um, you know, th th things can, can always happen. People you know, I said no, no, not all skin folk can focus skin folks. So it's like you know we see that with uh, you know Rubio and Ted Cruz, and we got, <laughs> and I'm sure we have a lot, a lot of family members who like really saw their true colors uh, since like 2016, and a lot of friends who uh, like thought like you knew them, and then you really saw like the real deal, and it's like what. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think like just, you know, I try very hard to not discuss politics too much with my friends because I think uh, it just causes a lot of conflict. However, I, I have a friend right now that I convinced to do social work and I felt like I just it was my duty to just provide her with a lot of education on just minorities and you know like the struggles that minorities go through and just kind of like you know giving her perspective on this and that because although um all the privilege is is just there and sometimes that just blinds you and and that bias and all of that stuff and blah 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 and so I think there that it was quite a time I felt like I was just kind of constantly educating people about like, you know, hey, like you just have to think about this or that or in terms of like the struggles that a lot of people had. And and I felt like the pandemic also highlighted a lot of that stuff yes. too. Like highlighted <laughs> highlighted so much of like the barriers and like the issues and like all these um what's the word I'm looking for? Um Man, maybe you know what yeah. I'm trying to say, but like the, like the inequalities that yes. were that already existed, and just uh, COVID just highlighted stuff even more. Like, okay, you talking about it now because we all in the house, but we <laughs> we've been like in you no know, in the streets, like <laughs> in the communities already doing this work. Been like we've been talking about this for <laughs> forever, and it's like now it gets talked 
kind of talked about, and still really nothing has really been been done. Solutions really have have not been made to, you know, you know Biden wants to put like, you know, Wi-Fi throughout certain parts of the country. And so, okay, that's all fine and dandy, but still like it's... You it's can't... Not... <laughs> It's still not accessible because yeah. it's so expensive. Like, you know, during that time, I was still at centers. I was still working in Arkansas and, you know, Arkansas is a rural state. And I had parents, you know, I pobrecito my parents, they would drive to, to like a McDonald's so that their kids could literally just connect to the Wi-Fi mm-hmm. and they can do their homework in the car and just have that access to Wi-Fi. And um, they, you know, couldn't do their, their, their homework on phones because like sometimes like some of the features that now the computers that the kids are using, like they just don't work on your cell phone. (laughs) And just kind of like even making it bigger was so hard and, Mm -hmm. and they don't have access to like computers or iPads because it's a privilege, right? Like, you know, I mean, if you're trying to compare, like, you know, putting food in your fridge versus buying the new fancy iPad, like, well, of course, they're going to buy food on an iPad. And you're expecting and hoping that the school will provide you with all these materials. But no. So it's just it was I feel like the pandemic just was just kind of like an eye awakening moment for everybody but the sad part is that nothing really got done it just kind of allowed people to see like oh it's not not perfect and and we're over here like it's never been perfect (laughs) (laughs) exactly and it never it never will be perfect but at least solutions could have been been made and and i know uh you know with the with with the government that's why i kind of like go back to you know Obama that you know Bush did did so so much you know the former worst president we we ever had <laughs> uh, uh, the second Bush like and Obama when he came in he had so much Bush did that was terrible that it took like four years just to kind of like <laughs> kind of start <laughs> from the negative and back and to to neutral and now he had like the second turn to right okay now let's see what you can do and i kind of feel like the same way with uh you know with biden that is like you no know, trump did so much it was like every day for four years and even candidate trump did so so much every day in terms of negativity and then obviously you no know, january 6th happened and it's like just, oh. And and now we you know we saw the same thing happen in, in Brazil, <laughs> and it's like we see having like other countries kind of like leaning towards that way as well. Um, and it's like you know Biden, and now Biden's kind of like a little bit in limbo, even though he's been in, you know, from the senator and vice president, so he knows, you know. You know everybody in the Senate and House of Representatives, they've been there for a thousand years. So they know Biden <laughs> and they probably know Biden better than Biden know, knows himself. So it's like, you know, he could try, try to kind of finagle and hopefully you can get, you know, stuff done and kind of like politic his, his way to like, okay, I need this done or talk and whatever. And, you know, some, something hopefully, otherwise he's just going to be a lame duck for like an, <laughs> these next two years. And it's like, 
basically how kind of like Obama was like his last two years, kind of like a lame duck. It's like, I want to do this, I want to do this. And it's like, Republicans got the power. Or, or, so it's like nothing, nothing really got got too much done. So it's like, unless you like, you really have to do research and be like, oh, look at all the other bills that, that were actually signed and like, Nobody got time to really be like doing all that research like that. Right. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, we still got what another we have the another year to go, and and then the next year we'll see like what's going to happen. I feel like it's going to be a fight between like real a real fight. I think next year, just trying to like Democrats, Republicans, and just kind of like. I don't know. I I don't know how it's going to end. <laughs> I just hope it ends well. <laughs> hey, before we continue on this week's episode, I got to talk about my brand new sponsor, the Social Yes, the Social Work Brands Podcast has a real real sponsor and I'm so excited. It's Herd Technologies Incorporated. And listen up, if if you work in private practice, this is definitely for you. Heard is the financial back office for mental health professionals. On average, they save therapists more than 60 hours per year in financial record keeping and $5,000 in taxes. We're in tax season, folks, so pay attention. If you're in private practice, a social worker in private practice, They'll take care of all your accounting needs, including bookkeeping, taxes, and payroll. They'll support your business throughout the year to make sure that you get maximum deductions. Now, who wouldn't want maximum deductions on their tax return? I highly recommend them if you're looking to, looking to get help for your finances. Check out joinher.com for more information. This is a game changer. This is a tax season here in America. So join herd.com for more information. Or, or else we, we, we might see uh, um, more migration than just uh, us uh, Americans going, going up, up, up north to, to Canada. <laughs> oh, gosh, I know. Lord. I mean, a lot of people, I see now more on TikTok how people actually just leave the country and just go somewhere else and I'm like you you probably made the right decision <laughs> like and you know I had a friend a long time ago when I was younger and I was like in high school my friend was a foreign exchange student from Germany and I remember asking him like why did you want to come here and he's like well America is one of the greatest countries in the world like we see it all the time in the movies and we see it and I was just kind of like <laughs> like interesting okay and he's like yeah dreams and land and this and I was kind of like yeah yeah you know that sure that makes sense and then I reflect on that sometimes like I'm like thinking about whenever when I I think about that conversation mm-hmm. every once in a while and I'm just kind of like no, we're not the greatest country in the world. Like, I mean, maybe we are some in some way a powerhouse, but in no way really like we are so far behind in in so many issues. And we're I feel like we're going backwards. And I feel like I don't know when we'll really go forward because we're just going backwards. Mm-hmm. And, and like all this stuff, uh, basically like 
anti-women policies and it's like don't you realize that women uh, live longer than men and it's like <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so, so it's like just stuff that if you really just put in like practical common like sense and it's like what are y'all doing <laughs> it's like it just doesn't it doesn't make doesn't make sense that like you want to like y'all always cut you no know, medicaid or medicaid medicare and, and it's like that's how you know non-profits you no know, mental health services you no know, get paid that's how like if you work in one in one of those agencies that's how you, you know more than likely get paid that's how people get reimbursed for services that that is said to the clients and it's like you just talk about mental, mental health mental health mental health but you know if you if you cut the funding then there won't be any there'll be less mental health services than uh, yes. what you, you know what you're providing and it's like or like you no know, building all this you no know, housing but it's not who could really like afford this housing and want to call it affordable housing which is which is just you're just lying to people just straight up lying yeah. and, and you want to like hire you know, mental health workers in, in schools but are you going to build new schools because people you know the workers you want to hire they're not going to have the space to to work because these buildings are are old <laughs> so it's like you know you're just adding more workplace trauma for for workers that yeah you're going to hire because they're not going to have the space to like do the work that you're asking them to do so it's like it's just dominoes effect this and it's not just you know republicans is you no know, democrats too they trying to come up with solutions but it's <laughs> like they do it like ha- halfway and not not <laughs> really thinking all the way through what they what they want to do right i guess like you know that the i mean the domino effect is so true because like if you really think about it the the healthcare profession is is made up of so many different types of of people right and then when you mentioned like women i watched this tiktok the other day and and i started laughing because i was like man like a lot of the mental health field is saturated with women mm-hmm. <laughs> i see so many social workers that are women and you know a lot of counselors are women and and then but this one was particularly like about a nurse and how like you know they underpay nurses because like they're women and women tend to go into those careers however if there were men going into those careers more then of course the pay would be higher because they would not allow men to be paid at such a low wage and I was like I wonder if that's the same for mental health workers because us social workers are underpaid too and it's saturated with women so if there were more men in social work would we be paid more and that was the question that I had for mm. myself yesterday. So now I'm kind of curious, like, what do you think about that? Do you feel like that's true? Or do you think that maybe like it's just healthcare in general or men- or just social workers are undervalued? Of course they're undervalued. Yes, but, they're like- under- <laughs> severely undervalued. <laughs> I mean, man, I mean, that's actually a good, a good question because, I mean, I could – literally in in 20 years i could kind of count with like both my fingers and i'm i might need one or two toes the amount of men who i've had like in a well like my coworkers or like supervisors or or somewhere like 
directors who I needed like the answer to and it's like there's not really like that many like I could probably write them down literally it will take me like kind of five ten maybe like 15 minutes tops and like I'll be done and it it won't it won't fill up a a whole page so um I've had luckily with the Latinx and social work book like I, I like kind of met just as many men <laughs> with the with the book that I did, like in, in my 20, 21 years in, in, in social work. So it was like, um, you know, I had I did have one job that was majority like all men. So it was like a different di- dynamic experience, you know, experience with that, um, and there weren't we weren't really paid like we should with all the lot of work that 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 we did and like the the workplace bs that you know we had to like go through and, and and just like their building we were in and like supervisor we had so it wasn't <laughs> definitely like severely under, underpaid but uh you know i think it's just social work in general we just not you know kind of like we we people take us for for granted. I mean, I, I'm always like advocating like we we out there more than like if it wasn't for us like we like communities would be in shambles. Like a lot many more people you know deal with a, with with a social worker or gotta go talk to a social worker than than police knocking on your door and fighter fighters and and that's no knock to to them because they they have a hard job too but at the same time like you know we we could solve a problem and, and solve it and things would would be okay and, and unless something really happens that we call the police <laughs> police our, <laughs> ourselves um and, but yeah we we're under undervalued underserved underpaid um and this whole um this whole thing of like we we're in it for the outcome and the income that there's still a lot of that in in, in social work and i mean i never i've always been about the <laughs> the the income on 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 top of the 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 outcome so that that's how that's how i i started into the field and like it wasn't that What's the next move? How much I'm gonna get paid for for this for this next move, and kind of like try to see the salary, like you know, go off from there. So that, especially we're in inflation now, like people got families and they got kids to feed and and all this stuff. So it's like kids are expensive. We're in inflation now, like inflation is not going down. Hopefully, twenty twenty three later on in this year. Hopefully, something will will break. But you no, know, housing is expensive, and, and it's whether you rent or or owning, and you no know, owning a home is no joke. So it's it's a uh, it's a lot right now. It is, it is a lot right now, and you know, not only like are we undervalued, but like we need more people in this field, right? Like, and and sometimes like I was so surprised moving to Dallas, like the lack of, you know, Latino counselors here in Dallas. Like there's so I was like, wow, I'm going to move from Little Rock, Arkansas, where there's like five of us <laughs> and then I'm going to move to Dallas where there's going to be more of us. 
And let me tell you, finding a Latino counselor was hard, like somebody that spoke Spanish and fluently and yes. just and um knew the terminology and the and and doing therapy in Spanish because like I wanted to connect with them because there was nobody to connect with in Little Rock. It was just me and my best friend, literally mm. two people in central Arkansas. We had Jason um in at centers as well, but um he was American, but he was raised in the Dominican Republic and he had great Spanish. Like it was so awesome. He was a male counselor. So it was the three of us at centers. Um, but like it was really hard. I was like, oh, I'm gonna move to Dallas. There's gonna be so many. And <laughs> none and so I'm like here like where are all the Latinos like I'm trying to find you so when I found this group practice I was like so excited because it was all Latinas all speaking Spanish everybody was a professional and just connecting with them and so like I'm like in my head I'm like how can I get more people into this field like how can we get more people that I understand that we're undervalued we're underpaid and and it's hard and we have families and et cetera, et cetera. But how can we get people excited about joining social work so that, you know, we can serve the community and like help break down these barriers and help vote and help, you know, our populations and our communities and, and kind of tying everything back to what we were talking about in the, in the beginning, you know, just like being able to help have people have access to mental health and services and just resources in general. No, I, I, absolutely. And I think part of it too is it goes back to you know social work grad you know social work schools that you know it's you, you got to follow, follow the money like obviously they they want to cater to you know you taking the test and become a license and they talk about private practice and and it really took I guess it took COVID to really kind of make the connection that. Okay, you want to teach us private practice, but I don't recall y'all offering a class on, on you know, business taxes or business <laughs> form, business formation or, or like learning about business credit or anything like that. So if you're not teaching us how to like properly do the fundamentals of, of learning, running a business and marketing your your business, but you want us to do a private practice, how does that how does that even make sense? Right. so it's like oh snap <laughs> like 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 we, we would have been killing it where everybody's like seeking services through during covid everybody's on on, on lockdown the teletherapy kind of like was i mean it was already kind of already out there but it really like expanded for further and laws were taking shape for telehealth to really really take off and it's like people like starting from literally square one of like how kind of like running their businesses or at least they took that step forward of, of you know, creating LLCs and stuff like that. But, you know, kind of like working behind the eight ball in terms of, of you know, you could have been already killing them and making, making this money and seeing people, serving people, you know, providing help, providing treatment, like what, you know, we we all got collective PTSD from from COVID, and you know, we many of us many of us are still you no know, you no know, grieving or losing family members. Now I lost uh, you no know, 
not my mom and then like you know working in new york and losing clients you know, from covid so it was like we dealing with like collective loss and you know and it was pain and, and yet because of our capitalism we gotta keep push, <laughs> pushing forward and it's like there's no it's just making time to like to to rest and it's like we like we need that and it's like I see like especially on, on Instagram I'm I'm not too into the 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 therapist TikTok stuff um but like just Instagram see like there's so many different variables people talk about different things and it's like it's almost like a civil war within social work it's kind of like brewing is like there's like do corporate and it's like get your license and it's like you got msw there's all these jobs you could do with msw and it's like <laughs> where do some where, where somebody go is like it's like a big uh, like pendulum of like <laughs> swing like like where do you go <laughs> yeah but what sucks is that like you know you you go into social work and you get your msw then you get licensed but then it's like there's also still that barrier where like you know here in texas at least what i noticed is that like you to get a job you have to be an lc here like you have to be a licensed clinical social work you have to be fully licensed they don't want to take an lmsw and i'm like but we're just as qualified we have a license we work towards this like you know what's what what's the issue and in Arkansas you know I see a lot of LMSWs and 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 I'm like yeah like because that's I feel like that that's normal because you know they they still are valued and LC is valued but Texas is just so hard I feel like that is such a barrier too I feel like for a lot of social workers because they have to wait their two years they have to do their supervision hours and like and they want to be able to be in good paying jobs and that are stable and be able to offer services. But like, once you're an LC, like the door's open, wide open, but you're kind of stuck as an LMSW. And I just, I don't know if that's something that also needs to change within our board or what, but like, I just wish that there was just a way that, that it was that LMSW was valued just a little bit more than what it is. No, yeah, I, absolutely, and and I know, um, like, you know, shout out to uh, NSW Illinois that like kind of did did that change and and kind of not not needing that their version of the L and, and or taking the test for that L and just kind of focus on getting the LC and it was like I've heard other states that you have to get the L, but but like you said, like they don't value the L, so like what's the point of of paying for the exams to get the L or you could just just let them get like a general license or something and, and just so that they could get the hours so that they can get the, the the LC so it's like it's like all these different states uh, do different things and even like bordering states like you're you know you're working in bordering states and you're seeing two two different things so it's like it it makes things fr- you know, frustrating and, and people people move and, and it's like, oh, yeah. so it's, it's like and nowadays you kind of almost have to like depending what state you're in almost like force them 
more or least have a, like a strong consideration you know, of moving somewhere that's more more affordable and and, and it's like it, it's just a lot and you really have to like you don't have to like think about you shouldn't think about okay is my license going to be like worth a damn in the state i'm contemplating on moving like it should be like already like i could get a job with my my l or or lc and I, and i'm good instead of like paying for extra fee just to have it like transferred or or, or what have you so just the whole system needs a complete yeah, overhaul and, like, <laughs> and, and not just like the the Dan test like removing an answer to the question and only have like three answers that that's not a that's not a solution <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, it's, it's 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 just it's just a lot it's it's really a lot it's it's frustrating it, it, it you know it's you know, really really annoying and it's it's <laughs> which is you no know, which is why every once in a blue now I do put my 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 post of FASWB, which is you know I've created shirts based on that. So <laughs> go ahead and purchase a shirt. <laughs> um uh, so it's like it's it's really a lot in uh, you know and, and it comes from the top, it comes from you know, you know NASW, ASWB and also the uh, C the other one that, that actually uh, you know, does the accredit accreditation for the, the graduate schools, I always forget their their acronym. They they have all this power, but then they they you never hear from them. So it's like <laughs> kind of kind of like all of them working in cahoots, and it's all it's all about the money. So it's just follow the follow where where the money leads to, and it's like but it is it, really a lot and it's like why we need social workers all right so eliminate some of these barriers so that you can have us you know work and, and pay us a, a real liv livable wage that money is not going to go and uh all the money most of the money is not going to go to to rent and then we 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 might as well be one of the clients and like do we we pay our rent this month or we gotta like <laughs> food, buy food and there's transportation and gas is expensive and and you know the public transportation system from many places is non-existent so you got to drive and be stuck in traffic and and roadways and this goes back to that domino effect mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i don't know so what do you think like the goals of 2023 are like what do you think they the the goals of this year need to be i guess like in terms of you know the is it just kind of like going back to a, a micro level of like just social workers or like or macro level like the u.s like what do you think the goals are uh, a little bit more on a micro level like you start from kind of like the ground up like we, we should like still be like advocating for like student loans be be forgiveness and if that oh. take if that takes be like a triple uh a twitter troll and like <laughs> and, uh, tweet at biden like every day or tweet at you know, supreme supreme court whatever their twitter handle is and it's like every day <laughs> it's like every day do that and 
you know, NASW has a uh, more up in terms of like the the macro is like okay, they have a new CEO. Like let's see what what he does in uh, in in terms of you no know, NASW and actually really provide advocacy for for us social workers that are doing the groundwork and having and my my issue with them is like they like to do these like little press releases and put it on Instagram thinking they doing a lot or they might have these talks here and there um was that no I, I I would love to see you out, out in front of the the Capitol or or in front of the White House and actually invite us to to go down there and do a rally and, and kind of like make our voices voices heard and I know COVID kind of uh, like a lot to do with that and then monkey pox came out of nowhere and it's like uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, I got RSV and like all these other stuff so you know that kind of like goes with the, with the territory we just wear our masks and <laughs> go go march and talk and like and advocate so and, and so it's like you no know, th- things like that to actually you no know, we we always do con- content creation like that they, that's a whole lot of content right there. Have like hundreds and hundreds of social workers and like shouting at at the White House for our loans to be forgiven or no, no kind of like no thing things like that. But you no, know, again, it goes to like state senators and, and no no no, no, reg, no regular no senators and no mayor races and city council school board stuff. No no school boards. Uh, got a lot of power um that people don't really realize and kind of take it for granted now no i'm learning about no school boards no no myself and uh, listen to my it's it's hard listening to like two hours of of a school board meeting and like it it really is and depending on where where you live at and the issues that you really want to hear about that's like they're like dragging their feet or just don't really have um talk about the main issues they need to need to need to talk about so but it starts like you know do like grassroots stuff like like everything like everything else yeah i definitely feel like you know the goals for this year would definitely be you know student loans for sure like 100% like if we can alleviate you know a lot of families to be able to just like take that off of their shoulders and they'll able to spend money and, you know, capitalism, right? Like, <laughs> you know, you just take that away. People are wanting to invest more and they're going to be able to want to spend more because now they don't have this horrible debt like on their shoulders. So yes, like 100% student loans need to, need to go. I think the next goal, I was thinking about this earlier or the other day after that tragedy of that six-year-old that shot you know the teacher and just making sure like you know schools are safe and like gun laws they're just better Mm -hmm. and workplaces are safer and just you know mental health plays a, a massive you know role in this as you know part of it but you know not all the time it's mental health it's just also just like that the access that we have to guns and and you know no other country has that type of access and so you know just the safety of our students I I just like I hate having a kiddo afraid in my office and just talking about you know being traumatized because of the fact like you know all those all the drills that they're doing and just like the 
and the constant talk about, you know, this is what we need to do if a, an intruder comes in and da, 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 da. And, and, and it's just terrifying. So I think about that. I think that's another goal. Um, and then, you know, my goal always, my personal goal is always trying to make mental health, you know, not be as taboo for the Latin, Latinx community, the Hispanic community, and just continuing to be able to be accessible and be able to provide services and be able to just, you know, just be a person of support in this community. Mm -hmm. That's like more on the smaller micro level, but I right. think that those are the the goals I feel like for at least when I think about goals for 2023 student loans gun control <laughs> and then access to mental health for for everybody but specifically Latinos Hispanic community no that no that's that's definitely and and the sad part when I heard about the the, the kiddo and, and where it was at um just just driving through Virginia and knowing it's like a kind of like an open carry state and it's like, and just my experience in, in the school, like last year, how six-year-olds kind of like acted and then like the, the lack of impulse control and just like structure, it is like, it's just a recipe for disaster. And, you know, my experience, you no know, last year is like kind of like the, the, the school system kind of like went back pre-COVID in terms of how, how they were <laughs> trying to do things. And it's like, without... You no, know, and teachers not having or not wanting to include SEL in terms of their their teachings in the school year, so it was just a recipe for disaster. So when I heard that, I was like surprised, but like not really. And like you know, having the the six year old kind of like it, it sucks because we six, and but I was like. You would think a regular six-year-old be like, he ain't know what he was doing. About and just from my experience in the school, like, I think that kid knew what he was doing. <laughs> just, just to be cynical, and it's like, maybe just obviously with the impulse controls, like, you you react before you actually like think. But like, I wasn't unfortunately, I wasn't surprised as to what happened. It's totally you no. Know, sucks all the way around for the for the kid for for the, the classmates obviously for the teacher the victim and just victims uh, like through all across the board yeah no that was when I heard about that I was so sad it was it just made me feel like when is this ever gonna end like when is like all of this going to just stop like where when am I gonna not see another shooting in the news and I just feel like it's just never gonna end and you would think after Uvalde it would be like you know this is a tra this is horrific and it's a tragedy like okay like now we're really gonna have to do something about it but no well, like well, <laughs> after um the 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 shooting in, in years ago in um in Connecticut I was, when yeah. when nothing when nothing was done I was like it's 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 never happening it's just it's just not like that that was their perfect opportunity to have you no know, gun reform in place like that was a tragedy be beyond tragedy and like every is like the 9-11 of, of like the school system in in a way is like every anniversary that comes up is just like and now 
you know, on Twitter and seeing the the, the survivors of those kids that that went to the school. Now they're they're teenagers, and now they're uh, you know pretty much almost eligible to to vote now. And it's like to to see like you know their pain. It was like like it happened yesterday, and it's like it's it's just a a lot. So I don't think it's it's ever. Uh, like it's not it's not happening unless you know hopefully in our in our lifetimes we, we could see something when those same kids maybe they get into politics and and say look this is what i went through like i was a survivor of this back in this and maybe something might might happen or when like all these politicians who've been there forever finally get get voted out or they are unfortunately you know Know, pass away because you know, many of them are, or you know, been there 15, 20, 20 years and like they're yeah. in their, their 80s and stuff. Like, so it's like it's when they retire or whatever, they pass away, then like hopefully more younger people come in and kind of make these changes. But if not, it's not, it's, it's not happening anytime soon. I don't see that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to take a lot. I mean, my, in my state right now, you know, it's, you know, anybody can carry a gun now. And then and that it was just like, oh my gosh, like, that's crazy to me, but it's Texas, right? Yeah. <laughs> Texas. Like, there's not nothing more to say about that other than it's Texas. So I don't know what it's, I don't know what is it going to take for people to, you know, take more action, but I hope it's soon. Cause it is really, it's really difficult to see that on the news all the time or, and I keep wondering like, when is it going to be like the time where I just don't feel phased by it anymore, but I still feel phased by it. So I'm like, I, I still have a heart. I still mm-hmm. like, it still hurts. It's still like something that's hard for me because if, if I just saw it and I just go past it, like, then that's when I know that it's, it's not going to ever, nothing's ever going to change. No. Yeah. It's, um, and it's something that's hard to try to get 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 away from because you no, know, I think one of the negatives of you no know, iPhones and just uh, just TikTok. phones in general, just phones in general, like you get you get you get your news like kind of instantly on, on the phone, and it's like uh, breaking news. This just happened. Is like I just literally woke up. Like this is like already like just going through like a traumatizing like something that's traumatized when something happened you know even like as of this recording today like you know airlines like the flights were grounded because of again like you know computer glitching with the FAA and I was like what (laughs) (laughs) I hope not I'm trying I'm trying to travel this year I don't need to be delayed (laughs) no no, exactly I'm sorry I I don't need my flight to go when I go to Dallas in March to be delayed and I want to have some fun and, and you know meet people in person and yeah you know do whatever talk that whatever they whatever they're I still don't know the whole details of how they're going to have us do the talk whatever but you no know, I'm looking forward to that or there's already a buzz for for it and you know meet people like yourself and like kind of like and other social workers and, and social workers who I met through the podcast uh, from Texas, like 
and even like undergrad friends like hey guess who's finally coming to texas <laughs> and it's like get ready <laughs> so get ready. Like, put, putting it out there so it's like uh look looking forward to it and i don't need any any plane <laughs> trial <laughs> no, we need you here when are, when are those dates again is march 4th saturday march 4th is the uh latinx and social work uh new york New Jersey contingency invades Texas. Oh my gosh. Ooh. <laughs> it's going to be a fun time. <laughs> yeah. Shout, shout out to, uh, to Dr. Letty, who's, uh, yeah, Dr. Letty, love her. She, she's, she's organizing the, the, the event and you know, Dallas, be in Dallas College is, I forget which campus is on. I think I want to say Mountain Campus. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be, be a lot of fun looking forward to it i feel like i'm gonna feel like such an entrepreneur because i'm literally going to dallas like a weekend trip taking a, a pto day friday <laughs> leaving leaving that friday the conference is saturday and i'm coming back to to delaware <laughs> sunday <laughs> to go back to work on monday like what did you be like what did you do this weekend i just want just went to dallas <laughs> that's all <laughs> for a weekend trip <laughs> Yeah, well, there's stuff to do, and you can see it all in a weekend. Yes, just want to give the the middle finger to AT and T Stadium. <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> hey, <laughs> that stadium is nice, but I'm a Bears fan. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got to see them. I actually got to see the Bears at AT and T Stadium on my birthday. Oh, nice. And- it was so great, but the stadium is beautiful. Like I can't, there's nothing I can say. I love Soldier Field, but I'm just like, wow, like it blows you away when you see it. Not <laughs> to switch gears, but I, I saw they trying to renovate Soldier Field again. I was like, oh my God. It, just, it just got renovated. Like, what's I going <laughs> to? Y'all could use this money for like real affordable housing. Like, in Chicago or like or like help help with the uh the crime that's like it's always on the news. It was like don't don't give the money to yeah just fix the stadium. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Add more seats to Wrigley, so <laughs> Wrigley Field. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. How how was 2022 for you? For me, um, I think I had a really great year in 2022. I um, I made the switch to private practice. Um, I got promoted um, as clinical director where I'm at right now at Therapy Works. Um, I think it's been like very surreal becoming a clinical director at a group practice. At, you know, I've been doing social work since 2018 and and I was like, I don't know if I have the experience to do this or like, you know, do I actually like I had definitely had some imposter syndrome going on. Like, am I actually like capable? And, you know, it's it's been great. It's been definitely a learning curve and like learning just, you know, different personalities at work and learning how to manage, you know, such a large group of people and then supervising interns and making connections in the community, doing trainings and, you know, and, and it's kind of a different type of social work. Like, you know, you have the social work that's, you know, in the office one-on-one with your client 
And then you have the social worker where you're like building a program and just making sure that like the day that you leave, you leave it where like the next person that takes takes over is like, wow, like this is such a great program. And um, and Diana did a great job because I'm the first one that's actually creating it. Right. And so it's like that's like kind of a lot of excitement. So we'll see what 2023 will bring me in my career. Um, I know the goal right now is to get my dog certified in, in therapy so she can come to work with me and like provide oh, some, nice. some, yeah, some support to my clients. And, and I, I told, I told myself and my dog Autumn, and that, you know, 2023 is her year. Um, I did my year last year, <laughs> but 2023 is her year. So I'm doing a lot of investing in her and doing trainings with her and getting her ready. And hopefully soon she can be a therapist and and provide that support. So 2022, I think was great. Like at least for me personally, not not the world, but for me personally, it was great. No, that's no, that's good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I 2022, like the, the ending was like not not great, but for the, for the most part, it it, it was you know pretty pretty good. I can't do had too many too many complaints. So, um. And any other goals for for the new year, twenty twenty three? Mm, definitely this year. I want to in Texas. We have what's called the LCSWS, which is the supervisor. Um, and so I'm gonna be eligible in October, which I'm very excited about. Um, I'm very passionate about, you know, working with a lot of, uh, you know clinicians especially those that are going through their clinical hours and I want to be able to be that a person in the community that that can provide support for them and um growing up growing up as you know a Latina and the oldest daughter I never had anybody above me to like provide me any guidance or support and so I was always the one that was figuring it out and trying to figure things out like for school and for this and for that and and then when I entered social work and was getting, you know, a supervisor and going through my clinical hours, like I would have loved to have a a, a supervisor that spoke Spanish um, mm -hmm. and provided me with like, you know, this is how you say this in Spanish, or this is how you, you know, do this clinical work, or you do this or this intervention. And this is the, these cultural concepts. And I felt like I had to learn that all by myself and mm -hmm. with the support of like my, my my best friend, Jessica, because she literally and I, I'm telling you, we, we worked together. We had an office side by side. And and so we supported each other, um, best friend since when I was 15. So she was like my my go to person for, you know, questions about like, well, what do I do here? What do I say here? And but now that I'm in a role where like I can provide that guidance, like my goal is to be able to be somebody that can provide that um, bilingual supervision and insight to the Latino community because this is the only population I really served my my whole career mm. and so I feel like I I know them pretty well now and I still learn more and more as I keep doing social work and I just just want to be that person that can provide that support and and for the next clinicians and the future clinicians so that's that's the goal too as well. No, 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 that's awesome, and, and and we we just we just keep growing. Uh, yeah. I know there's always been talk. I think we might be the the majority in terms of population uh, 
like 2050 something like that so it's like we're we're coming like there's no such thing as like invasion 2.0 or like the latin explosion like and the music like in the 2000s like we, we <laughs> like like we here we've been here it is like we always kind of like seem like we always like second or third fiddle and i know there's you know been a lot and and uh you know like african-american stuff and you know uh, you know jewish history and like all all this stuff in terms of like mistreatment of, of them and their culture throughout their history but you know we've we we've we've been in the in the background too and it's like right. this is like you know kind of like enough and is enough like stop being in the background and it's like you no know, we need to see uh more representation not not only especially in social work because there's like more of us in terms of of clients and you know struggling to navigate spaces in, in our communities but also just like in television and in film and i mean we're seeing it like slowly like you really have to like kind of like put yourself out there to to like kind of like really see that and i know linkedin is definitely like a, a great source like you see a lot like oh it's not there's like a lot of people really doing positive things in the community like you know for us by us and it's like we need we need our our, our just do it's, it's yeah. long overdue it is long overdue yeah, we we definitely need that representation. Um, you know, my my friend and I, she in Arkansas, we did so much trying to like just spread the word about like, you know, our services at Centers for Youth and Families when we were working there together. And we would like go knock on doors and just hand out flyers and go to businesses and, you know, trying to like get people interested in just talking about mental health and just starting there. And then like, you know, kind of shaping the younger generations about like, you know, encouraging them to do social work. Like they'll be like, oh, I want to be a psychologist. Like, well, you can be a social worker and do the same <laughs> thing for, for less time. <laughs> and let me tell you more about it. And, and just um, trying to convince well, not convince, I guess, like, you know, educate them about more about social work and just having them get excited about it. And hopefully, like, you know, we, we, I've seen a massive growth in Arkansas of just like bilingual clinicians. And I was like, where did all these people come from? Mm -hmm. And I still try to network there. And so here in Texas, it's like the same thing, only just kind of starting from scratch. It's like, they're out there, but like, yeah. where, where are y'all and how can <laughs> we <connect>? <laughs> Uh, there's somebody I, I could, could connect to you who, who does who's a school social worker in, in Texas. That's yeah. like that's Latina, so she does a lot a lot of cool cool stuff. So, um, speaking speaking of connection, the final question: Where can people find you? Yeah, so I am in located at Therapy Works Counseling. Uh, we have five locations, and I work out of the Frisco and the Dallas location. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, but that one's my personal account. So you can just find me on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, we have our website at Therapy Works Counseling. You can reach me there. Um, but that's, that's, that's what I got. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, hope to see you, uh, in Dallas in March. Yeah, right down the date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so more more info on uh, on the date is coming. Uh, 
I'm actually scheduled to uh, interview Dr. Letty, who's who's doing the conference. So yeah. uh, I told her, so she said it like, you need to come on so you can promote the conference. So that's happening soon on on, on the podcast. So you're on the lookout for that and more info when it comes on. So. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Hey, before we continue on this week's episode, I got to talk about my brand new sponsor, the Social, yes, the Social Work Brands Podcast has a real, real sponsor, and I'm so excited. It's Herd Technologies Incorporated. And listen up, if, if you work in private practice, this is definitely for you. Herd is the financial back office for mental health professionals. On average, they save therapists more than 60 hours per year in financial record keeping and $5,000 in taxes. We're in tax season, folks, so pay attention. If you're in private practice, a social worker in private practice, they'll take care of all your accounting needs, including bookkeeping, taxes, and payroll. They'll support your business throughout the year to make sure that you get maximum deductions. Now, who wouldn't want maximum deductions on their tax return. I highly recommend them if you're looking to, looking to get help for your finances. Check out joinherd.com for more information. This is a game changer. This is tax season here in America. So joinherd.com for more information. Mm-hmm. 